0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Whoa, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen seen sunny days that I thought would would never end. (laughs) That's (laughs) a little James Taylor fire and rain. We are doing episode three of grief at this point this is our part three of grief sorry guys it's just so
1: much yeah and i and it's it's something that is like skated over so frequently that i just i couldn't be short with it
0: yeah well (laughs) i think that's that's all right and i think that people who are experiencing grief in some format will probably appreciate it to have a four-parter so and the other thing is is that we have so many episodes out by this point then if you're if you're totally caught up on all of the episodes, that's amazing. Yeah, and I will personally send you gold stars, but I doubt that most people are so they could always listen to something else.
1: Fair, fair yeah, yeah. they're not feeling the grief world right And perhaps by the time they catch up to this, they could just binge it.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking for the future, probably we'll do a lighter one in the next segment, and I'm probably doing video games, so y'all can just look forward to that if you're not having a Yeah, if you're having a little bit of,
1: yeah. If you're like, this
0: is too much. Yeah, then fair enough. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll lighten it up. (laughs) We'll be talking about playing video games here soon, so it won't really bother anybody in that topic area. Uh. So... This week, I just wanted to remind folks that we are Shake Your Shrink Thinks. We're a show where two shrinks talk about things they think about the mental health world. We give skills and feedback for things that you might be able to try for different topic areas that could help you. Uh, We do have a Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash shake Your Shrink Thinks. If you're interested in supporting us, please visit. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook And also, as usual, please like and subscribe and rate us and review us if you're interested. Yes. Or shoot us an email if you want to reach out and say something. That is shityourshrinkthings at gmail.com. Yeah. Hit us up.
1: All those things. All the things. So as you guys might remember, uh, Sunny and I are still kind of learning about each other with this podcast and we like to just share a general what's good. So sometimes that's a story, sometimes... That's just something that was fun or uplifting.
0: So what's your what's good this week, Sunny? My what's good is actually a video game. (laughs) That was (laughs) was what had prompted me to have the idea to talk about video games and mental health for next time, two times from now. I am playing something called... Uh, becoming human something Ooh. it's called detroit becoming human detroit yeah detroit becoming human okay so the premise is that there are there are three storylines. one is a android uh, who looks just like a human who acts just okay. like a human named Kara. one is an android named marcus and one is an android named connor one's like a connor's a cop slash kind of like a psychologist he's like a negotiator like an fbi okay, kind of okay. negotiator cop Uh, Kara is almost like a maid or a caretaker and Marcus was like a caregiver for somebody who is elderly oh and it follows very different perspectives yeah yeah so it follows three perspectives and the game is set up so that you will you have a series of choices in the dialogues for each of the characters okay so the very I'll give you an example the very intro is Connor who, do, who is doing a hostage negotiation. And you get to choose, you know, badger the person who has the hostage or be kind to the person who has a hostage or or be honest with them about the fact that you have a gun or not, etc. And it mm. changes the outcome yep. sure of the game based uh-huh. on what you choose to do. And so you create these entirely different storylines with the characters. But the premise is that these robots are, or these androids who look just like humans, are not being treated very well by the humans because they're taking surprise, humans. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, is that realistic? Humans Probably. are terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> Life altered. <life-altering. laughs> yeah. Well, we're all shocked. And so they're doing all these tasks for the humans and the humans aren't treating them very well. Okay. And it is the process of them becoming, quote, deviant, which means that their program starts to run differently so that they no longer obey the humans and they start to feel... Emotions of their own. And they start to feel alive. Senty. Sure. Yeah. And what happens when that occurs? It's not a new concept but the way the gameplay is is really new and uh, well it's cool that
1: you're doing it from that perspective because normally yeah. you're the human like no you can't be sentient yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know, ex- whereas this is more like hey like I'm being oppressed yeah <laughs> like
0: <laughs> what I'm learning is as an oppressed robot I will melt everybody's face like yeah <laughs> I'm like if I'm this <laughs> oppressed robot we shooting everybody so, <laughs> so it's just it's a really interesting game I really like the gameplay and it's giving me something to think about and uh just it's it's been a different kind of perspective it's an emotional journey it's like playing a movie and so yeah yeah, i'm really enjoying it and i just that's my what's good is i love video games and i like that one that's cool. Yeah. Hey,
1: I dig it. I I wish I could get into that world. I just never can. I
0: feel – I really feel strongly like if you and I played games together, I would have a good idea of the types of games you would like. I don't
1: know if it's the type that's – pro- I don't have the hand-eye coordination to figure out the
0: buttons. This one is not – like that, you have like a choice to make it really easy, so you're basically just playing a movie, and they just tell you what bre- button to press. Oh, okay. They're just like, well, then okay maybe I could help. Maybe I could tolerate
1: that <laughs> yeah. then, this is like, I can't. I'm just spinning in circles.
0: No. I don't know how to move this character
1: forward. No, no, no. <laughs> I
0: can't do it. You're playing like first person shooter. I have every confidence in the world that I could find something that you liked. I mean, like every confidence in the world, <laughs> because that's like this is the difference. And I don't mean to be gendered here, but like girl games and boy games a lot times I'll talk about like boy games are the ones where it's like, you know, you're playing Halo or Call of Duty sure. or whatever. And it's like you're just trying you end up spinning around in a circle in a corner somewhere looking yes. at the sky firing fucking your rifle. Jim
1: Halper yeah. in that one yeah. episode when they're all playing World of Warcraft, yeah. whatever the fuck they're playing. <laughs> no, World of I can't remember. Call of Duty God, it's Call of Duty. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So fucking funny. <laughs> oh
0: man, I love it. I'm
1: sorry. I love it. No, I no, don't no. Dis- I they're cool. I just And I do like the ones that are more, like, uh, movie-based. Like, I can actually, like, just watch those and enjoy them. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. It's – yeah, it's like you want one that's heavy story and low – I would say like it's not gameplay heavy yeah you want just like a lot of information story sure, yeah visual imagery good music yes. yeah I get it I yeah. know exactly I'm like I have things already picked out mentally that <laughs> there's one that's a fairy tale that you it's like a playable fairy tale Ooh. that I think you'd like it's okay. very you're like a princess going through the dark. okay I dig that yeah I, <laughs> see I got you kid but it's like I think we say like video games aren't for girls and then we have them play these like really weird things that are unpleasant and violent and then like are not it's the stuff that we can't it's like we maybe don't have the hand-eye coordination for and then we're like oh I can't play video games or I don't like them it's like that's like saying I don't like books and then never having read like Harry right. Potter, <laughs> right? You know, well, yeah, and I mean, that's kind of me too.
1: It's like I, I, I struggle with
0: reading, so you like, need like something specific, right? Yeah, and I, but I,
1: when I have, again, I was able to actually enjoy Twilight series because it was yeah. dumbed down <laughs> enough
0: for my ass to read it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like you just need the right kind of young adult romance, right? Kind of smut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the smut always gets me through the day, man. <laughs> it's real interesting. It's appealing to my senses. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's that's my what's good. What's your what's I good to say? So mine is
1: related to the topic again, and ride right along on this journey with me. Okay, I'm <laughs> riding. I am so on my never-ending story dragon. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Uh, so I think so. Death is kind of a hard thing to explain to children, mm-hmm. and I. I came across a TikTok. <laughs> okay sorry here we go. charlie here's how but we. it always... was really it was really i really liked the way that this lady explained the way that she did it to explain it to her kid because mm-hmm. he was kind of you know asking those kind of questions so i i just i really thought it was a cool explanation and it is a spiritual explanation so if you're not on that bandwagon like this might not work for you but if you are this could be a really cool way to kind of explain it to your kiddos so i just roll with me So, you know how you were in mommy's belly before you were born. That was the world that you were in. You were hanging out in there, you were doing stuff in there, you were comfortable, and that was the world you knew. Then one day, you got pushed over into this world. And it might have been scary, and you had no idea that you were going to meet mommy and daddy and all your family and friends, and you didn't know all the awesome things you were going to do and all the beautiful things you were going to see in this world. And while you were in mommy's belly, you didn't know any of that. And the idea of leaving that world might have been scary. But once you got here, you saw how awesome and beautiful it was. Well, when we die, we go into the next world. And we don't know all the cool people and family we're going to meet, all the cool things we're going to get to do, all the beautiful things we'll get to see. And we just don't know yet what is waiting for us in that other world. Yeah. And if you think that this world is that much better than mommy's belly – imagine what the next world will be
0: like very interesting very interesting right i thought
1: that was a really cool like way to conceptualize it
0: yeah that's a good that's a good perspective it's just to like leave it kind of more open-ended it's not very dogmatic it lets you kind of write your own adventure a little bit more yeah Yeah. i like that that could be really helpful yeah Yeah. i just thought it was a really cool way to to say it because it i don't know well, also, there's the thing of, like, you don't remember mommy's belly. Right. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's all these different layers of whether you consciously are aware of these different uh, phases or transitions, which is right. cool. Right,
1: right. And neat. I mean, for most kids, by the time they're asking you about death, they've probably learned that they were once in your belly. Right. right. So, like, right. I feel like that's a good concept you can pull from. Like, you know how you were, I mean, technically, when you were in there, you were comfortable. You were just doing your own thing. Yeah, slash around. And one day...
0: The here. liquids. <laughs> you just, poof, here you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know how comfortable my belly was. <laughs> it was a yeah. rough ride for everybody. <laughs> tiny, tiny woman. Big tall big baby. baby. <laughs> Not a comforting place. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe something better on the other side. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe you're just a tiny baby or a big baby in a tiny space right now. <laughs> right. On this
1: world, does it have as much to offer as we could like? Whereas, you know, maybe that next world has all the cool
0: things. Yeah, you never know. I mean, that's definitely a great way to explain. It. I love that. That's a cool, yeah, I that's just, a cool option. I
1: cool yeah i
0: i I would have to i have to learn more too about i mean i i feel like this is not my expert area but i'm sure there's also a way to if you have you know if you're not spiritual in any way to explain that and i'd have to look into that more i bet there are other ways and right i mean i think i would explain it like scientifically if you were going that route of like everything is made up of energy and you get to become the rest of the universe you know what i mean right. like your particles and your energy don't go away right they just well, it, become like, part become of everything tree or yeah. whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you nourish the tree kind of like a circle of life kind of simba right. sort of a yeah. how mufasa is explaining <laughs> yeah. it yeah we go back to the mufasa level <laughs> of like then my body nourishes the plants and then that right. nourishes the antelopes that could be another way i mean sure. i think of like a connectedness there's a lot of kind of options right here. which to me even though that's a more scientific i mean it's still kind
1: of spiritual it is you know exactly, what I mean?
0: exactly they're not they're <laughs> not still, totally separate right yeah yeah
1: it's yeah. still a connectedness which is
0: yeah i don't know comforting yeah spirituality and religion are very different a connectedness yes. can be anything it can be right. scientific it could be more religious if you want it to be but right. spirituality is not always just a you know dogmatic religious practice so that's cool i love that i love that it's on topic <laughs> mine's just video games (laughs) no hey they're rarely
1: on topic to be fair for some reason i just came across some on topic things yeah how did
0: you do with your homework i did okay i am still trying to figure out ways to integrate yeah integrate my old identity of just kind of being a wild child with the new identity of parenthood Mm -hmm. and that is it's going okay surprisingly i think I, I take it in little bites now instead of it probably maybe forces me to have a like small meals a day instead of binging one big meal, Fair. <laughs> which is probably healthy. And I am getting it out in little ways like hiking or listening to adventurous music or doing like little creative things around the house or maybe even planning trips, like those things are helping. And so I am getting a lot more of the creative energy and a lot more of the freedom energy. It's just, like I said, in smaller doses. So I have to make more like time for the little bits of it. Right. But Small it, conscientious efforts. Yeah, but it's not deleted and it's not even necessarily less. It's just broken up. It's just different. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: imagine. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's not gone. Exactly. It's just different. Yep. Exactly. So, and you can't... I think people think that when you become a parent, you're a totally different person. You know, night and day you, Mm. you wake up, you hear all these stories in media or people tell you when I looked at my kid, I completely knew I had to turn my life around. I'm this better person and I had this huge realization and yeah. And it's just, it's just not that way. It, It is very much, you're still the same person. You just have to do different activities and it's comforting to know that your identity won't well, yeah. for some of us, right, it's comforting to know. If you make
1: that conscious choice, some people, yeah, they just yeah. like throw it
0: away. Exactly. Sure. So it is what you make it, essentially. Like everything. Right. It's what you make it. Yeah. Fair. How'd your homework go? I didn't do it.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I. I, this week just... No, yeah, nope, I I barely held on to life. So <laughs> So there were no efforts made in checking in on anybody else. <laughs>
0: you did the the most basic of all homeworks, which is survive. Yes. <laughs> survive.
1: Okay, good. Good for you. you. Know, hey, it's all right. Whatever. We We do what we can, and that was
0: all I could do. That's it. (laughs) That was what I got. Yes. So this week, we are doing part three of grief. Yes. And where are we starting this week on part three of grief? So
1: we are going to be talking about the phases of grief uh, is where we're going to start off on. Um, So we've talked about kind of how grief can be, all sorts of different things can trigger grief. We've talked about the different ways and sensations that we can feel grief and experience grief. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about the phases. Like we said, you know, the stages of grief. Those five stages are bullshit. This yeah. is more, you know, phases are different than stages. Stages have very clear beginning and endings, and middles and ends, like climbing steps. Whereas phases are more just broad, general categories based on a period of time where people experience kind of a similar reaction or feeling, right? You know, on
0: again, it's a journey. There's yeah. hills and valleys and and
1: you can bop. backtracks
0: back and forth between phases right you can go into one phase and then into the other there's no like linear progression right
1: yeah and we're gonna go as quickly through some of this stuff as as we can i had a lot more content but man this could be like a 1200 series so we don't want to do that <laughs> so we're just gonna like bebop through this shit pretty quickly yeah So what's the first phase, Sunny?
0: The first phase is the avoidance phase or the initial phase. So you're just trying to make sense of what has happened. You're just trying to comprehend that it even has happened, whatever the thing you're grieving is, whatever the event is. So, and it's, you are trying to kind of not think about it also in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You might feel like a numbing or even a dissociation. So you're just not totally in your body. You're feeling shock. You might feel physical, like I'm removed from my body or emotional, like I'm not connected with what has happened here. Right. You're not really fully aware of what's going on around you. In it seems like things are moving slower than you have expected them to move. Time kind of slows down. Right. Some people will have an immediate response of crying or sadness, although I don't see that all the time. That's not my initial response. Right. Usually. Others focus on just details of what needs to be done. Uh, Or some people go back to old patterns. So they do what is normal and gives them a comfort and feeling of control. So they keep doing the same habits. And sometimes people can't sit still and they become over-involved in other activities that allow them to avoid the grief itself yeah Yeah. and so it can like kind of take the edge off of very intense feelings even if you had some time to prepare for your loss you're probably still experiencing some disbelief like i knew it would happen but not now not this way not in this fashion
1: right you're having some level of disbelief denial anger you kind of are like just you know no way could this have happened or you begin to question like what should you have done or if only's um you know you're you're really kind of protesting what happened like you're like mm-hmm. no this didn't happen and so you're doing everything you can to kind of avoid that and numb from that mm-hmm. um you know and again you might fall into phases where you are letting yourself be sad uh and experience it but then you kind of question maybe you go to have some feelings of guilt it's just it's a it's a really shock related disbelief related phase i would say yeah
0: you just it's basically phase one is i haven't wrapped my head around this right and i'm still reeling is this real life yeah (laughs) yeah phase one is this real life (laughs) right yep (laughs) exactly exactly and it can be like i said it can be from small stuff to very big stuff grief it it knows no it knows no event boundaries so it could be something very like you get in a car wreck and you lose your favorite car and you're grieving that hey right. like, is this real life that yeah. i even like what the heck i was just at the stoplight, play i was doing my thing and somebody just barrels into me and now i and, don't have this
1: car yeah and now i have to figure out this like what yes yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you're just
0: still or it could be the loss of a human being that you care yeah. deeply about so it, it spans the gamut right. what's the next phase
1: the next phrase is the confrontation phase or the working phase.
0: Yeah, you're looking at it in the hairy eyeball. You're <laughs> right, dealing with you're
1: it. beginning to recognize the finality of your loss or the change in your life, and that things won't be the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, for some people, they don't really fully believe it still. Um, and sometimes it can take like nine months to even be like, okay, like this, this is this, this is my even new happened. life, yeah. right? it tends to be kind of the most painful phase because you're Mm -hmm. really experiencing those emotions again in the beginning you're kind of numb and shocked and now you're you're like having the roller coasters really hit you Mm -hmm. and different parts of life are really hitting you so like guilt and anger are really normal and acceptable Mm -hmm. during this phase because i mean god all relationships all situations have positives and negatives Mm -hmm. it also is going to be very exhausting again you're fucking doing emotional work right now this is going to be a very exhausting phase to be in because it is draining all of your resources to just
0: acknowledge those emotions right your memories might be kind of coming back in scattered little portions so thoughts and feelings float through really quickly they just like flit like little butterflies and only stop for a second you might do some mindless activities that allow you to feel your heartache and deep sadness with the sense of being able to handle the pain. Um, You might be starting to accept that life doesn't return to normal and that feeling like part of you has really changed uh, in a very permanent sort of way. Mm -hmm. At times, again,
1: you might, your heartache or deep sadness might be too much and you might go back into that avoidance phase for a while to give yourself a break during this really painful period Mm -hmm. and some people like quickly make a decision to like change their life they're like okay here's the meaning that i was supposed to learn okay here's what i'm doing now Mm -hmm. really again part of this phase is kind of trying to accept
0: the loss and the permanency of what changed what what you experienced And, you know, bear in mind that it takes a lot of time to move through this confrontation phase. Right, You're preoccupied by painful feelings. It's difficult to concentrate, so you're just not at your best. Right, And so even if you were at your best, it would take time to move through this, but you're not. You're kind of more compromised, so it's going to take longer to process than it would other things. And many of the normal responses of this grief are similar to depression, and it's important to be aware that when you're grieving – That that's normal, but at what point it's becoming distorted or not healthy. And a lot of that is just when we're kind of getting stuck. Yeah, you're getting you're getting stuck for long, 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 long periods of time. Right. And then it's starting to implode your life above and beyond what we would expect. So in ways that are more permanent. Right. So you might be
1: doing like extreme avoidant behaviors. Again, you don't want to be in this working phase (laughs) because it's just too painful, So you're maybe not interacting with people, you're keeping yourself so busy that you have zero time to feel, you know, that's going to complicate your ability to get through this phase. Maybe you're not doing the self-care, you're not doing the basic necessities to... To
0: just survive and take care of yourself, yeah, like you haven't showered for weeks, right? Um, you haven't gone to work ever. Your like finances are a mess. You haven't paid a bill. Now, while that's actually normal for a lot of people in the front end, right? There's, which sucks, but like there's a timeline where that becomes even more problematic right. for folks, which is different for everybody depending on their yeah timeline is
1: different for everyone. We we're not trying to say again this these phases are not linear steps. It's yeah. all kind of related but when it becomes a functional problem we need to take a little bit of a notice yeah or at least get help
0: or at yeah least, at least reach find out find somebody who can help you when Process. you can't do it yeah yeah or I mean, even pay your bills or whatever <laughs> yeah functional things like hey um you know you call your sister and you're like I, like i literally cannot i'm not even showering i need you to like deal with my electric bills or i need you to right. like call this person or whatever so getting help in that way it's also we also know if there's a problem where you know it might be above and beyond grief if you're in prolonged denial like it would be like if you lost your job and then it's those stories of the 50s husband still putting on his like suit and And going out every day and leaving the house every day and then not doing anything like i'm oh i'm still working i'm still going to work every day like i still have this job (laughs) or even like showing up at the job over and over again like i didn't lose my job everything here is fine and not telling anybody you're engaging that would be something that we would have a little bit of alarm bells about if it's for a really long period of time
1: or having some like self-destructive thoughts that are you know it's not unusual to have a little bit of those when you're grieving, but they're normally normally they don't stick around. So if they're really persistent or obsessive or you end up kind of hurting yourself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally with that, then again, that might be a, a sign that you should reach out or maybe you have some displaced anger, which again is is common with yeah, grief, really common. But we we don't want to use it as a way to deny our loss. We don't want to use it as a means to hurt
0: other people uh, or even hurt ourselves professionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another way to know if you have some grief that's maybe above and beyond normal limits or above and beyond like healthy limits is when you have prolonged depression and anxiety when it's kind of, you know, it's been a couple years, baby, and it's morphed into something else. Like it feels like there's grief there, but then there's a second sort of depression or anxiety. Right, that's something built on or, top of that into yeah. something more. Yeah, that, that might be a sign of needing to get some assistance and obviously self-medication is another big one right huge one if you're drinking yourself to sleep every night if you're getting so high that you know you can't you're numbing out yeah like Mm -hmm. you're not taking care of your kids or whatever the case might be that's okay that's a sign yeah right seek seek some assistance in those those are all warning signs that maybe you're
1: you're not going through like the you're not f- processing it in this confrontation phase. Yeah. yeah, you're trying to stay stuck in the denial phase when the reality is it's it's time
0: to go into to go into confrontation phase. Yeah. yeah, and engage with this and and resolve Acknowledge it. the grief. Yeah, yeah, in as healthy of a way as you possibly can. Right. These things that we've reviewed are maybe the ways that you're taking outroads and not going through it the way that would be helpful.
1: Yeah. And then the next phase is the accommodation phase or the reorganization phase. So this is when you're experiencing like a gradual decline of those acute grief kind of symptoms, those acute grief emotions, and you're maybe kind of socially re-entering the everyday world that you, you know, lived in. One day you realize you just kind of haven't thought about the loss for a couple minutes and those moments begin to increase instead of it being all consuming, you're starting to kind of move forward with things. you know, the overwhelming pain and and feelings kind of lessen just a little bit. You might find yourself laughing.
0: And again, I, even in that,
1: you might panic, right? Yeah. Oh no, I'm forgetting.
0: I have a uh, this is maybe not a totally related story, but there's a scene in a movie that it I don't know it like is echoing what you're saying. Sure, yeah. sure Did you ever see the sex in the city movie? I didn't. Okay. I was never into the Okay. The- well, for I'm going to give some spoilers, so if you didn't see the original Sex in the City movie, <laughs> okay. There are the those four women who right. are the main characters, Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte. Okay. And uh Carrie is she in all of the seasons before, she has known this man, Big. And Big, Mr. Big is Like the love interest who's always in and out of her life. They're never, it's never quite the right time or place or whatever. And finally, 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 they get it right and they end up together at the very, very end of the show. Okay. And so they make a movie and the movie is about them getting married and like what happens on that journey. Oh, okay. And he's been notoriously um, hard to pin down. He Mm -hmm. has a hard time with commitment. A little, little unfaithful. Yeah. Okay. he. I don't know if he's unfaithful. I don't remember if he's actually unfaithful, but he's just like – he has a hard time like committing and saying, like, I'm going to get married and this is what it is. Okay. And so in the movie, she's getting ready. She's getting all of our wedding stuff set up, et cetera, et cetera. And at the very last moment, he gets cold feet. No. And he doesn't get out of the car at the altar. But it's like you kind of see he's sympathetic. He's like trying to call her, like just walk me through this. I'm gonna get out. Like let's just do this together. And she's kind of like distracted. She's gotten like into this material fashion world and like hasn't really engaged with him. And so it's kind of like this mixed bag where okay he's definitely the piece of crap here. But like you can she's gotten see, dis- sure yeah, where we're we it- focus on bad things that are yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So he doesn't get out of the car and she sees him like later after they're leaving when she stood up at the altar she's jilted and she sees him and she's smacking with this thing of flowers and she's like I knew you would do this I knew you wouldn't come and she's very distraught and you just see this series of months go by. She's just in the bed. She wakes up, turns on the light, looks around, turns off the light, turns over, goes mm. back to bed. You see the window so right. it's like raining. And you just like get this image that time is passing and passing and passing. You see her like missing calls, denying calls, yeah. stuff piling up in her apartment. And eventually she goes on this trip, which was going to be her honeymoon with big but she goes with her friends good good and, for her yeah okay. and she can't seem to quite enjoy it and she can't seem to quite get there um but and one of her friends one day after she's turning off the lights over and over again she walks out and she eats a little something they're like good good you're eating something yeah. you're eating a little Yay. something you know and she's like obviously like don't fucking patronize <laughs> me like walks in back into bed right but one day she asked one of her friends when am i gonna smile again when am i gonna laugh which Aww. is the part that reminded right. me of it. and I actually remember saying something similar when I was in a similar situation and um her friend says When something is really, really funny. And that's like, it reminds me of like, yeah, you will eventually smile and laugh. And that's when you're kind of in this accommodation phase. It will happen. It's just a huge amount of time is probably going to pass before that happens. And it will have to be something really, really funny. Eventually, it ends up being one of her friends shits her pants. And that's (laughs) that's when she smiles and laughs again. But I mean, that's exactly the, the accommodation phase is when you can get that brief moment when you can eat a pudding cup and when you can yeah, right. see your friends and when you can go on this vacation, even though you're not having fun the whole time, if you can't get these brief you're moments. You're reintegrating as yeah. best you can. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's kind of, I actually always thought that was like a pretty good representation of grief. It, yeah, enough. it really is. Yeah. That's cool. Anyway, it kind of like shows the phases. So if you all want to check out Sex of the City. Yeah, watch. i have like very go. diverse, interest. Um, uh, Android video game, Sex of the City. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It. I don't know what's happening that's over here. That's good. Hey, that's, remember
1: that's that diversity. <laughs> that's having your eggs in all these different baskets. <laughs> I hide my <laughs> eggs in many, many baskets.
0: No one will ever catch me or my eggs. <laughs> Whatever. I haven't slept in like a long time. Please keep going. (laughs) So even
1: when you are in this accommodation phase, this reorganization phase, you are starting to engage in life again, you're starting to do things and kind of feel those moments of happiness again. But you are still going to experience, you know, a little bit of grief on those holidays or anniversaries or those special events that remind you of things or even maybe if you're just too tired or cranky, you know, you're going to have moments where you still kind of really that grief is going to hit you hard. But the, the ultimate thing is that you are starting to move on a little bit with life, you're starting to create new traditions, new rituals, you might actually have something that you do on an anniversary to kind of commemorate that person or commemorate that loss. If you know, if
0: that's what helps you move forward right ceremonies new traditions rituals or symbolic activities can become part of acknowledging your loss so it helps you let go of the pain and remembers and honors the person who or what you lost I mean I've had people tell me that they will just light a candle for the Mm -hmm. person that they loved or lost sometimes people will carry around an item that reminds me you or whatever of what you've lost yeah um I've also heard people, you know, some people will go to church and use that as a way to discuss what they've lost uh, or other people will talk to the person. There's d- different kinds of rituals. right, Different
1: ways to, to move forward and, and engage with life again, but again, memorialize or commemorate that thing. Again, if it's, in, if it's something that you need to do, you know, with certain – you just experience that grief. And you mm-hmm. move forward, mm-hmm. you know. If it's a certain breakup, eventually you might be like, "All right, good riddance." <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. But yeah. you still experience the loss, but it's not something that you're going to memorialize. <laughs> yeah,
0: <you know? laughs> yeah. Right, right. If it's a if it's a loss of a job or the loss of an right. ex or whatever, you might not. Yeah, need to light a candle. <laughs> right. <laughs> you might need to pour one out. <laughs> that's
1: about it. Right. So now, let we want to talk about. There are many different types of grief. So again, we're going to kind of go through this a little quickly. So the first type is just the normal grief. And that's basically what we've been talking about from the beginning. Normal grief, how you experience it. It's anytime you suffer a loss and it's really normal, even though people don't normalize it. (laughs) Right, right. And and that's just uh, that's that. Yep. The next kind is anticipatory grief. Mm, I think I get this. Yeah. (laughs) I think I get this all the time. But then I don't need to actually anticipate it sometimes. Right. And which is also common, right? We yeah. kind of put the cart ahead of the horse and think we're going to lose this situation yeah. or something is going to happen and then it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's just called
1: catastrophizing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. It could also be, though, like if somebody has cancer and it's terminal yeah. or, you know, you're already starting to experience that loss.
0: If you're going to have a long-distance relationship and they're yeah. going to move across the country.
1: Right. Right. So you're already getting upset and having some of these grief reactions. It's just the thing hasn't happened yet.
0: Or you know you're going to leave a job and you're wondering about what's going to happen next. All of those things. Yep. What's the next one? We've got complicated grief or chronic grief. And boy, God, that's like all I see in my office, I would say. An example of complicated grief would be, let's say I had an incredibly difficult relationship with my father or mother. Maybe they were like kind of abusive growing up Mm -hmm. but i still love them because they're my father or mother and uh maybe they end up passing away and right before they pass away i'm kind of reconciled with them but Mm -hmm. not totally reconciled with them that would be a case of complicated grief it's kind of like muddy waters of whether i feel like this is actually like a positive relationship that i want to mourn or not it's a lot of different emotions it's not like clean i lost this person or thing that i love and don't want to lose Right. And it's it's really sometimes it can also just be getting kind of stuck in
1: that. hmm Where chronic, you, yeah. Yeah, where you're just kind of you haven't you can't move forward. You're just always stuck in that the 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 working phase or the denial phase. Mm-hmm.
0: This kind of grief has a significant impact on your ability to function and mm-hmm. you may develop other conditions like depression or anxiety. So right. like I said, those are the ones where we usually see the people. red flags that yeah. we were talking about. In our yeah. office, yeah. Or like <laughs> I mean, I've seen people where they have complicated grief because, like, they're bereaved because somebody had a substance use condition, for example. Mm, yeah. And, like, the person kept stealing shit from them and kept asking them for money, but they still loved this person. And then eventually the person ODs. That's Ooh, another example I've seen of complicated right. grief. I mean, like, I could just go through my caseload right now. <laughs> and just be Because, I mean, that's, like. These are just not clean
1: cut. Or, I mean, think of like the suicides or mm-hmm. situations like that can be exactly. very complicated.
0: Right. Or again, even when it's like, you know, you lose a job that you freaking hate, but you needed the money. That's right. a complicated situation. Right, and now your job that you have doesn't pay shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right. Or um, I've seen people like, Leaving the military. And that's a complicated grief response because maybe they didn't have a positive experience with it. They hated it, but it gave them the structure and now Mm -hmm. they're not sure how to function. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of different options here.
1: Right. The next one is delayed grief. Mm -hmm. So essentially that means that your emotional reaction didn't really happen when generally it should have. Mm-hmm. So it could be like years down the road, you're now starting to experience that loss. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be due to dissociation. Uh, it could just be some, you know, it could just be that your mind was just really trying to cope and block everything out for really a long time. Avoidance, so you didn't yeah. process it. Mm-hmm. And now it's finally hitting you and people are like, why the hell are you acting this way? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> they expected you to have that experience
0: then. And, and you're now, having it now. Yeah. And now it's hitting you. For whatever reason, it's more salient now. Maybe right. Maybe like you're getting married or something. Sure. The loss of your, I don't know, Father sibling, or sibling or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's coming up now because it's relevant now. Et right. Yeah. Another one is cumulative grief. It's like when things just pile on. You've had one thing, one loss, and then you have another one shortly thereafter, and then it's like creating this new, larger grief. It's not one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals ten, Yeah, because you can't recover from the first one. Right. We, it, the second one happens too quickly.
1: Yeah, you haven't processed the first one yet and yeah. you just had another one and then another one. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen that in my office a fair amount too yep. where it's like, oh my goodness, like these losses just keep coming, man. Like yeah, it's, no wonder you're struggling.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I would say that's the other most common thing I see yeah. show up in my office is like – when people are just getting dealt a completely raw deal. Right. And they're like, what is even happening right, right now? What is
1: happening in my life? How yeah. am I supposed to... I can't even function. I can't do this. Like, yes. I can't keep
0: experiencing these losses. Yes. Yeah. Another type of grief is called secondary loss grief, which occurs after... A loss affects several areas of your life, and the end result can be that you actually experience a number of losses, all stemming from the original loss. So you got divorced, you lose some friends, and perhaps maybe they keep your pet too, and then you lose some financial freedom. So these are all these losses that branch out from the, from initial, the original loss. Yeah. Right. And so you have all those different
1: things to process, but it all stems from one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The next kind is Disenfranchised or ambiguous grief, and so this is whenever you feel like your loss isn't really being validated by others. Oh, I've never heard
0: of this one. This is cool.
1: Yeah, like this this can happen, you know, with culture or society that
0: maybe just doesn't recognize it. Like, so for example, losing your freedom and independence as a mother, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, a hundred percent. Yeah, or there could be
1: like a strong stig- stigma attached to the death. That results, you know, again, like overdoses or suicides. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, you know, discount that, or perhaps the death
0: religious traditions,
1: right? Or perhaps the death was somebody that they think you shouldn't grieve for, like maybe it
0: was a former spouse. Like you got divorced, but then they died, and they're like, "Well, why are you experiencing this grief?" Oh, interesting. Yeah, that would be definitely something. Or even like sometimes if it's loss of a pet, and you're like, definitely not do. It's like, oh, that's too much of a reaction for what you've had. Or it could
1: be even related to, again, like a traumatic brain injury, maybe substance abuse, or some mental health condition that alters your relationship significantly. And they're like, you shouldn't be having this experience because of that. And it's like,
0: Yeah. It's an unpopular (laughs) – like you're having an unpopular response to something. Or somebody who is – or something that is unpopular has been lost. And so there's not really a community that supports this grief response. Right.
1: So, yeah. So anytime your grief response isn't recognized, it can kind of fall into that category.
0: Very cool. I like that one. I've never heard of that one, but that makes sense. And that one actually feels like it would be more complicated, I think, in a lot of ways. And yeah. I'm assuming that ends up in my office. I mean, the military thing Oh yeah. is one of them. Or like getting out of school or something like that. I right. even sometimes think that... There's like some things that occur in academia that I think can cause grief uh, or feelings of loss of self. And that's like a position you quote unquote put yourself in. And so if you have grief about what you experienced there, that.
1: They're like, is, well, that was a choice you made. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: That can be disenfranchised. Or even sure. like
1: miscarriages I'm thinking about yeah. too. That's often, you know, every, everybody has them or like, you know, yeah. it's been talked about where it is common, but nobody fucking talks about it yet. Yeah, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to have a reaction, you know, mm-hmm. like. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you if you don't react, you're not reacting enough. If you react, then if you react, you're reacting too much. Right, exactly. That's that's an interesting one. I like that example.
1: The next would be traumatic grief. So traumatic grief is a common result of trying to process grief when there's an additional Mm. trauma that comes from like this horrifying, unexpected or violent death or Mm -hmm. just violent experience. Yeah. So you're trying to process this traumatic experience while also processing this loss, yeah, which is also, I think, very common in our offices. Yep. That's, that's <laughs> another big one
0: we see. Like a, a common example would be like you found a loved one having a heart attack. You attempted to revive them having a heart attack. They passed away and then you have the... Memory of the event of them having a heart attack in your mind, and also the grief of losing them. So the trauma, the criterion A of you witness this, and also the grief itself. Right. Yeah.
1: And I've, I mean, for some people, I, I had one who, she had somebody she was basically kind of caring for a little bit. A friend came to stay with her, Mm. and you know they were a little bit of an alcoholic, and they were kind of grumpy or, or drinking a lot or whatever. And she had his own little place for that person to stay, and went to check on them. And they, you know, were kind of grumpy, whatever. Turns out that they then had passed, mm. comes back and finds their body half, dis-
0: like, dissolved. And Ooh. then she ends up having to clean that up. God dang, man. That's mm. absolutely brutal. Yeah. Uh, dealing with the after effects, so not just the passing itself. Right. Sure, is, yeah, That's a good example. Yeah. yeah. And that's a <laughs>
1: And, there, I mean, there was guilt and grief and all sorts of, you know, man. complicated shit. And, I mean... the smells and the you know yeah having to like literally throw out your beds and your carpeting and yeah yeah that'll do it yeah that will absolutely do it that that counts as a trauma right and then the next the kind of like last category is collective grief Mm. and this happens when just a tragedy affects an entire community or a large group you know Mm -hmm. think of the school shootings or when there's like a time of war or, you know, even like JFK, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when the whole kind of society or group of people collectively experience this
0: loss. Mm-hmm. I think 9-11, Slavery. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All of these like big time traumas that have been handed down over generations. Right. You have a spiritual community-based grief right which is a real thing it is and
1: it can have you know long lasting impacts i mean think of the different things that even reflecting 9-11 look at all that happened after that like with mm-hmm. the the airport security and with the you know like collectively mm-hmm. as a society things kind of shift a little
0: bit because yeah. of the the grief and the trauma it's like secondary reactions right to yeah what happened there yeah that's very interesting yeah i think we could do a whole episode on uh, the collective unconscious, which Ooh, I know that, that makes me sound like a total hippie, but <laughs> I think there's something to that. There is. There's I totally really, something to that. I really think there's something
1: we'll to that. We'll have to get into that eventually. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll die on that cross. Eventually, we're sound... going to get some woo-woos in here. Yeah. <laughs> I've, already, I've already been bleeding. I think it's me that's been bleeding out the woo-woo first, which is really surprising because you are <laughs> one million percent more woo-woo than I am.
1: I think I'm like- I'm like wearing the tinfoil hat. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're the one like
0: saying, yes, this is woo-woo. Yeah, like I'll, I'll be more like, oh yeah, here's my woo-woo experience or here's this woo-woo experience. Michaela has not let out her full woo-woo nature, but whoa, well, y'all. Like if you think if you think that I'll take you for a wild ride, you're going down the rabbit hole with this one. It's an adventure. Yeah, it's an adventure. It's an adventure. Yeah, but we'll have to do an episode on the collective unconscious at some point. Yeah, I, I think that'd there's be cool. Something to that for sure. So I think today that's probably where we will stop yeah. uh, with this grief. But what we will have next time for you are the tasks of mourning, right? Which are actually the behaviors of grieving, which I think can be helpful to a lot yeah, of folks. Kind too. of how to move through that process, and then mm-hmm. you know
1: we're we're gonna break it break it down on break how down. to cope through this and move through this, yeah, in a healthy way. Yes. Again, you're gonna. It's not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be pleasant. <laughs> However, there is a way to healthily get through this and and feel okay yeah. on the other side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: based on this, what are we trying to do for outside of session practice? What are you are are you gonna keep working on your shit? The same thing? Because I feel like that's where I'm at. I'm like, I didn't do my homework last
0: time. So maybe I just try to repeat. Yeah, I think mine is just going to be trying to reestablish some sense of balance. And uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. So I will keep you posted on how I balance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I need to find I need
1: to I, I want to do the same homework where I reach out. But at the same token, I also just need to do a little self care. But I don't know if I have the time for self. We'll see. We'll see how it flows Uh Perhaps I will try to reach out and perhaps it will just be another, nope. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> but, do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not setting uh, super high expectations on this goal. <laughs>
0: I, think that's, I think that's fair for both of us. I think that's fair for both of us. Uh, so folks, thank you so much for joining us today. We do have some jokes for you real quick before you get on out of here. Yes. Okay, Sunny. Yes.
1: What is the worst stage of grief? Hmm.
0: I don't know. Any
1: stage where Nickelback is performing. Oh, <laughs> but really though, I actually kind of like Nickelback. <laughs> but I just thought it was too good.
0: <laughs> oh, my father absolutely has a Nickelback CD in his truck. I'm like not even kidding you. Uh, I love it. Hey, I, I, they have some bangers. I
1: actually really like. Them a fair amount of their songs that's amazing i love that (laughs) do you also
0: like creed
1: (laughs) i do i have i like some of their with arms wide open
0: when you are with me i'm free (laughs) oh no hell yeah hey i'll take it (laughs) oh my gosh he looks like jesus Remember? I mean, he looks like Jesus a lot.
1: can have their own look.
0: Yeah, also the thing. Nick back kind of looks like Jesus that guy was, also. Yeah, they're both
1: kind of the long-haired 90s look going on there. Was the grunge. The 90s? Yeah, it was just alternative rock, Jesus. Is you yeah. like that? You like that vibe and that's it's okay. That's a cool vibe. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I dig a lot of musical vibes, and they happen to be one of them. And Alternative Rock Jesus is just one of those vibes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> alternative Rock Abs Jesus, no big deal. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to us today. We so appreciate your time, and we'll hit you with the final episode of In yes, Brief next wrap week. Wrap it up. Yeah. Well, See you next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.